Welcome to another episode at the Be Guided and Be Great podcast, where being intuitive is understood and being sensitive is a good thing. I'm your host, Kate St. Clair. Today's podcast is called Five Reasons You Should Know You're a Psychic Medium. So the most common thing is for us not to know we're psychic medium. Um, because let's face it, up to probably this new generation, probably and hopefully my my children's generation, but let's just say that's the first generation where psychic medium is more integrated into our general society. And unlike us older generations, it's not only contexted through the lens of religion or witchcraft or supernatural, um, you know, like comic book type stuff. Um, so there's a lot, a lot of TV shows where psychic medium stuff is, um, on and yes, the travel channel has gone crazy with the spooky, scary side of psychic medium work, which is sort of the ghost realm. Unfortunately, that's, you know, through the lens that most people know, um, I don't even know how to say that. It's kind of like separate things from psychic mediums because I am absolutely against those shows, excuse me, unless they have a psychic medium there trying to help the actual spirits, um, you know, move on or, you know, if they're there to help them, I think those things are fine. But if they're there just to piss the ghosts off, just to get evidence, um, Oh, I'm getting off, you know, I'm going on my soapbox here, but I, you know, the point is, is that, um, psychic medium stuff, um, ghost stuff, unfortunately, but you know, it, it's starting to be talked about and be talking about this stuff is a really good step forward. Unfortunately, uh, most of the people talking about, um, the spirit world are people that don't talk to the spirit world naturally. So, <laughs> um, I'm just really happy that the word psychic medium is starting to be integrated into our society and into our consciousness. Because um, again, maybe the younger generation doesn't understand. You just didn't even say those words, psychic medium. Um, older generations, it's kind of like, um, you know, saying something either somebody has a really strong opinion on based off of some sort of ignorant programming when they're young, or it's just like a thing they don't even know exists. And so if you say, you know, what do you do for a living? And you say, I'm psychic medium. It really, their face expressions says it all. So the truth is, is that most of us don't even know we're psychic medium. Um, you know, in my own story, the sort of only lens in my little small town in Montana is that, you know, through the lens of Christianity, um, you know, Christ, um, it's like Christ was the only one that was essentially psychic and did command us to do what he did and more. Um, and then lots of stories of the angels, um, and then if you see them, there's a disconnect because nobody's, nobody tells you that that's okay to do. You know, when you're a little a psychic medium and you're seeing energies and entities and things, you, you get corrected, right? So we, we forget that even when we we're tiny, we would just channel these things and inevitably 
I know you, like me, were silenced or told you were imagining that or told that wasn't real. Um, so we as little people start to really fracture this part of us off. And so it's basically denial where we're denying what we're seeing, we're denying what we're hearing, we're denying what we're feeling. And then it sort of becomes this big part of us that we fracture off and deny of ourselves. Um, because again, it's something you did naturally when you were little and it was just not okay. So you, you did context it and sort of push it to the side, um, pushing it away, even when you were experiencing it full on. Um, you know, like, you know, as a simple thing, I grew up, one of the places I grew up was out on the country, out in the country on 34th street. And this place called Wadsworth Park backed up to my grandmother's, um, she had several acres and I would run through her field and then go back through Wadsworth Park. And I did this from probably nine years old for however long we lived there, seven years or so. And so I get off the school bus and then I go run out into the field and then I come around this bend and there was always this, I just said he was my friend named Vincent. So there was always this guy, there was always this essentially ghost, but I didn't understand that back then. So I just knew that Vincent was always around this corner. And so he was a, a native friend of mine and he would run with me through this um, part of the park. And then there was one, there was like, it's like he didn't generally come all the way home with me. So he would like stop at the um, land parameter of my grandma's property. And I just, you know, see you later, see you next time. And <laughs> excuse me. And uh, when I was in the house and um, violence was occurring, let's just say he would come in. I, I, I do realize he would come in and try to make the violence stop. He would try to protect me. He was um, just really a part of that landscape at the time. He was part of my life. He was just my friend, Vincent. And um, I would draw pictures of him, not sort of knowing that's what I was even doing. And um, it really wasn't until I was probably 30-ish and um, maybe... 28, whatever, it doesn't matter. I was, I was older. So I was in my late twenties probably. And I was invited to participate in this, um, paranormal. <laughs> I'm sorry, excuse me. I was invited to participate in this paranormal, uh, group. And there was one medium there that I really respected. And I was still pretty scared of everything still at the time. Um, so she just, asked for a, another medium. She wanted me to come and just sort of help because it was a really big project. And I had no experience, you know, with paranormal research at the time, you know, hands-on. I didn't do stuff like that. So I came and I just really um, watched her and I would say what I was seeing and look to her for validation because I, again, I just hadn't done it in that sort of context before. And we had gone to one place and let's just say right when I walked in, this spirit walks up to me and he goes, hi, I'm Bob. And he was really friendly and, um, really liked me and really friendly. And we sat down and talked to him and I said, he's here with his son, Jacob. And it's like Jacob died first. And then when Bob died, he didn't cross over. He just circled back into the ghost realm where his son Jacob had been. And so we talked to them and this medium had a, like a, what do they call Like K2 meter. 
And so he would interact really well with a K2 meter. So if we asked a question, yes or no, he would blast that K2 meter. And, it, you know, again, it was the first time I'd had ever been in a, a controlled environment like that with somebody who was more skilled than I had been, where she just really validated me. Um, I walked upstairs and I walked into the kitchen and this woman said, hi, I'm Susie. And through the course of that, um, through the course of that night, it was discovered that the former owner of the house, her name was Suzanne. So uh, I was saying what I was getting, and then there was a way to validate what I was getting, um, through that experience. So on the drive home, I just cried so hard with the sort of like the pieces finally fit together. They finally made sense. I finally, after all that time, <laughs> you know, maybe 20 years of not understanding, I finally understood that my friend Vincent was a ghost. <laughs> um, so that again, just that validation, that realization, um, where I just sort of thought, A, I thought he was just my friend, but then on the other side, because there's like this disconnect and fracture, um, you think he's just a figment of your imagination. So you're trying to live into these two extremes where he's actually not real because he's not in this dimension, but he's real because he's a ghost, but he's also not a figment of the imagination. So he's right in the middle where he is just in another dimension. So that revelation... Again, it just, I, I didn't understand that I could talk to ghosts, even though I saw them. And so I share that with you because, you know, <laughs> excuse me, I had already, you know, I was, I did predictions when I was young, I would predict things would happen and they'd come true. And our society, the family with which I came from, that was just weird, quote unquote, that's weird. So it was not, you know, the things I had to go through was not under the appropriate context was, which was, I was a psychic medium. And so I still see, um, probably about 90% of people still that come to me for sessions that are in, um, my mentorship groups still say to me, I'm not psychic medium. I am not a medium. I don't know why I need to understand that I'm a medium. <laughs> so the things I will talk about today, um, we'll just kind of briefly go over. It's sort of my intention is to just welcome you into this conversation. I want to give you five reasons to think about why you should know that you are psychic medium because you are, so you have to know because you are affected. Whether you like it or not, whether you understand it or not, you are. It's kind of like um, if you hear stuff, you should probably know what that is, right? If you hear music, if you're just sitting there and you hear music, it's kind of nice to know where it's coming from, right? And what if somebody told you, oh, that's all just in your head. Nobody's playing music. You must hear that in your head. I mean, that would kind of probably make you feel a little bit insane, right? So I'm going to tell some stories. I'm going to give you these five reasons. I'm going to try to keep this as short and sweet as possible because this is not a long-winded conversation and that needs to take place. Um, I just want to plant some seeds for you. I want to connect some dots for you. I want to welcome you into this conversation that 
there may not be another place for you to have this talk. So, um, so let's get into it. It looks like in my enthusiasm, I already told you the first reason. The first reason is you are affected by psychic information. And if you're a medium by the spirits, whether you like it or not, whether you know it or not. Um, so what does that mean? So, (laughs) um, one of my students, um, at my first ask a medium event almost 10 years ago now, um, she walked into my event and unlike me normally, cause I'm normally really, really shy. Um, she walked in and I walked up to her and we just started talking. <laughs> um, so we, we, we had that connection right off the bat. And then I had, um, she, so she was at my ask a medium event. I had a psychic workshop, um, uh, maybe a month later and she came to that. Um, she called me for a private session. We did that together. Um, And then like around January, I was ready to start taking mentorship students. And so she was one of the first people that I invited to participate. And her first response was like, I don't mean to offend you, but why would I do this? You know, like she had no sense of how psychic she was. And I simply responded because your guides said you're psychic. (laughs) So we had a good laugh and she was in my mentorship program for, uh, pretty much the whole duration of time that I offered it at the time. Um, and so she was willing to see the psychic part in her. She was willing to, um, confront these things. She was willing to look at these things. She was willing to experience these things. Um, when I had her in group, she did an incredible job reading others. And yet there was this one part where no matter how many times I told her that she's also a medium, she would say, I am not, I am not, I am not. And I get it. I get it because our standard of what that looks like or feels like is so high. And yet paradoxically, we're so used to it. It's really hard to get there, if you will. Another phenomenon that I see is that people that live alone don't want to know that they're mediums. Um, and you get it right. It's kind of scary to think about if you're home alone, is there a spirit in your house or there ghosts in your house? If you don't know how to deal with that, you feel helpless. So psychologically I get it. Um, so I did not push her. I just encouraged her because she was, I knew she'd be an incredible medium. So, um, I moved to California and then we moved back to the area. And when I offer, um, a new way of teaching, um, specifically with mediums, she participated and probably within a month, she was one of the best mediums I've ever worked with. Now, what's the difference? Well, the difference is she felt ready. Um, she was ready to really look at this part of herself and that's what it comes down to. Um, being a medium, can offer us personal gifts. She was, you know, she's in her sixties and most of everybody she grew up with is on the other side. And so people tend to look at the medium part of ourselves through the lens of the scary stuff, but that denies our ability to see and talk to the good stuff, the angels and our family on the other side. And, um, 
it's kind of like saying, no, I don't want to, I don't want to open my eyes because I might see something scary. And then meanwhile, we're missing out on our children's faces and we're missing out on the sunset. And so this, this is why we want to know how sensitive we are, i.e. psychic. And this is why if you can talk to your loved ones on the other side, if you can talk to the spirits that are pushing on you anyway to talk to you, there is wonderful and beautiful benefit in learning how to do that. So you have a sense of control. That's the other reason people don't want to admit or yeah, you know, just, they don't want to admit their mediums because that would imply they're, they would lose control. Like the spirit would have control over what they see and what they do were and that's part of mentorship. It's like learning how to have total control over the things you can certainly, cause we can't control everything, but having control over your gift and having control over how you interact with the spirits. So that again, one of the reasons people deny their mediumship is because they don't know how to control it. And that feels scary. One more quick story. Another student of mine who I've trained for a long time, one of the most talented psychics I've ever come across. She's just incredible. <laughs> so we're in session and um, the, the guys were really stern with her. Like this, it is time for you to understand how, how, what a medium you are. And she goes, why do I need to know that? You know, like, well, because you see spirits, so you might want to know what to do about that. You know, she's also in her sixties. And, um, when I said, because you see it, so you might as well know exactly how to deal with it. Cause you are dealing with it. You're just dealing with it unconsciously. So she laughed and she told me a story of that very week. She'd gone to the doctor's office and this spirit had come to her. Cause again, if you're a medium spirits know that whether you know it or not, they know it. And often what they do is they come up to us and they push on us and they're trying to get our help. And then we're pushing them away, but it's all on the unconscious realm. So it just, it taps our energy like you would not believe. So she said, she's in the doctor's office. The spirit comes through, looks at her like he didn't know where to go. And he was kind of freaking out. And she just instinctively said, well, go over there, you know, go over there. There's some, there's an angel over there and there's some light. And so this is all happening like with the, you know, four minutes that the the doctor had her in the waiting room or whatever. So (laughs) it's funny, but, um, my heart breaks because I understand how much freaking energy we are expelling, trying to deny this part of us, quite frankly, again, spirits, it's kind of like a light that they know you're a medium. And if you are not admitting that they are confused, they're even more confused. So if you could imagine, let's say a darling, let's just say a dear ghost. We don't talk about the good ones. We always talk about the scary ones, but I'm sorry, kids can get stuck in the ghost realm because maybe their parent kept them there. I mean, there's all, I've seen all kinds of horror stories and it's sad. I mean, I think it's a horror story because I think it's sad to see children in the freaking ghost realm because it's a lower vibration and it's scarier and it's darker and it's slower and it's confusing, quite frankly. So, um, if you can help a being, a ghost go to the light, there are lots of reasons why they don't go to the light. That's another podcast, but 
If you can help them, why wouldn't you? It does not have to be laborious. It is often just, you're just like a destination guide. You're not doing anything specifically. I mean, there are angels and there's energy set up to just get into the light, into the portal, into the whatever you want to call it of heaven. So, um, okay. So that's the first reason you should know. Okay. The second reason is that you are influenced by energy and because you're influenced um, by it, you will want to have control over it as much as you can. Okay, so being influenced by energy can be... um, So psychics by nature can adapt to other people's energy. We do it whether we know it or not. So yes, I... Would say that we are shapeshifters, but only in the way of, um, you guys know I'm, and and you probably do it yourself, right? So if somebody comes to you with a really fake and phony voice, you mimic that. You will talk back to them with this like voice that came out of nowhere, and psychics generally spend. It's like this unconscious prayer, like, wait a minute, who the hell am I? You know, where's my voice? I know for the first 25, probably 30 years of my life, I didn't even know what my own voice sounded like because I didn't know how to stop mimicking um, other people's energy. So, you know, if I was around my dad, I'd probably walk more like a boy and um, all of it. You know, whomever I was around, I would just adapt to that. And so psychics often live this lifetime of not sort of knowing where they're at and what do they sound like and what do they want to do. And this silent prayer, how do I keep myself in the presence of other people, which is, you guys know, like a phenomenon of being super psychic sensitive. You tend to not want to be around other people because you don't know how to not lose yourself in their energy. So in a negative way, um, I had told the story about when we moved to the really haunted house when I was young, um, my parent figure was influenced by the entities and energies in that house. So it changed, it was able to control how, um, it was able to control her behavior. And I had a, um, Unfortunately, when we first moved to Colorado, our house, and again, this was all just before I really was able to finally really get a hold and understand this stuff, but our house had a portal in it. I didn't even know that because I, you know, anyway, um, it was a pretty negative house, lots of activity, lots of entities, um, I know the the first month that we moved in there, uh, my husband would work night shifts and just after he'd leave and I'd put my little two-year-old down for bed, like somebody would go running upstairs, really loud thumping and stomping and just scare the shit out of me. Um, I didn't know what to do about it, but um, I remember this one moment where I was cutting vegetables and my husband was next to me and... I, you know, it's like I had the knife and I was cutting and there was this like push to just like, you know, like kind of like, I don't know how to articulate it, but it's like, just, it was almost like there was this energy trying to get me to hurt my husband. And I was super aware 
that something outside of me was pushing on me. And so I started to ask around and try to get advice about, you know, how, how to understand what's going on in my house. And that was the dowser that I talk about that was able to help me understand there was a portal. It was active. There were entities coming in, going out and sort of what to do about that. Um, I've shared that story with other students and uh, about 90% of them relate to that. They've had moments where there was like this dark push to have them do something to somebody to hurt them. So that's the negative side where it's not just this. I mean, you know, again, everybody's sensitive, but some of us more so than others, particularly if you're a medium, these are the reasons you really, really want to know what's in your environment because you can have that just fleeting second of something trying to control you. Um, so between maybe having more control over anything negative in your environment and then, um, being able to just be yourself in the world, these are, these are really the reasons you want to know if you're psychic medium and have some control over that part of you. Okay, the third one, the third reason is you don't engage in life fully because you're protecting yourself from the energy of others. So, <laughs> uh, my mentorship students, we are in quarantine, right? Because of the pandemic. And most of our lives haven't changed that much. <laughs> so this sort of realization that psychic mediums, we live very small lives because we, it's just very costly to our energy to go out and engage with lots of people. So like minimally, let's just say if, um, my husband and I are at a big table with other couples, I am, I can't stop reading everybody. You know, I have to really work hard to just be Kate, you know, I just, just be Kate in the room, just hang out, just, you know, I have to really work hard to not read who, who's cheating on who, uh, you know, who's being an asshole, who's, <laughs> you know, we're just constantly reading the room and, um, it's tiresome. You know, if you go to the grocery store, you're constantly reading people, making sure they're safe, seeing what potential they have, good or bad, um, you know, we can't just go to the grocery store and just like be cool, grab our vegetables, get our stuff and get out. It's, it's exhausting. And so, um, for me, once I understood how sensitive I was, and once I understood what I was doing, I was able to then get a control over that. Like just be, just, just stop looking at people and just sort of like, if there is danger, I trust the guides to let me know. I don't have to read every single damn person in the building to know, make sure me, or if I, if I'm a mama bear, forget about it. My energy is just off the roof. Um, making sure my children are safe. So, um, you know, even around family, it's tiresome. Um, you know, if somebody says something with a tone, you know, you know exactly what that energy is that they're sending out to you. Um, so if you feel like you've, you're pretty isolated, if you feel like 
Um, you should have more friends. If you feel like you should do more things, I just want to invite you to have some compassion for yourself that you might not be doing it because you are that sensitive. And I want to validate you. Um, there's absolutely nothing wrong with being sensitive. And it's a beautiful thing to cocoon yourself and to nurture yourself as best you can. Because I know many of our instincts is to just give it away. And sometimes the fear is like through our clairsentience, we can feel what you need and we just give it to people. Um, however, I just want to encourage you that the more uh, the more you understand um, how to control your psychicness, how to control your mediumship, um, you know, making peace with that, understanding how it works. So you feel like you have a sense of control around that allows you to engage, <laughs> excuse me, allows you to engage more fully with life. Um, so the more you understand yourself, the more you will have, um, confidence and be more comfortable out in the world. And I can go out in the world much better than I used to before I understood how sensitive I was. Um, so my experience and then people respond to me different because I'm so much more comfortable with who I am. And I do work hard to not have to read everybody, everybody, cause they're not my business. If they become my problem, then it's my problem. But until then it's not my problem. So if you see isolation within yourself, that could be a tip that you're a psychic medium. And I just want to invite you to think about that um, and start celebrating that part of yourself and perhaps be determined to understand how sensitive you are so you can expand yourself and expand your life without being afraid of the consequence or the price you'll pay for that. From the my own personal experience and the you know, I talk to psychic mediums all the time and the price for staying home is loneliness. Um, and sometimes the price is fear. And so, uh, many sensitives can live really unfulfilled lives because of that. And so I just want to invite you to think about maybe the price to expand your life and be more engaged and be more fully who you are is less of a brutal price than loneliness and isolation and longing, which are, you know, exhausting and sometimes brutal things to live with. Okay. The fourth reason you should know that you're a psychic medium is because People react intensely to you. <laughs> so across the board, my mentorship students, the fellow psychics that I talk to, people are rarely indifferent to your energy or your being. Um, so I, uh, mine can go either way. And it often can depend on my own energy. If I, if I am in like a mama bear state, uh, people do sort of respond to me aggressively. Um, and if I'm in alignment with my being, if I'm in peace, people treat me in alignment with that. So it's like psychics never get away with anything. If you're not in a good mood, the rest of the world responds to you that way. And they respond in a really intense way. Um, and you know, my, my son has made comments, um, you know, <laughs> 
<laughs> if I, you know, if I'm, you know, again, my, my children, but particularly my psychic son will make comments about how people respond to me. And it's either really good, very kind, very respectful, or just like super, you know, whatever, whatever it is, it's always intense. And, um, what people are responding to in you is your energy. And often psychics are mirrors. We are reflectors. So a, we don't get away with, you know, being in a bad mood. We just don't, the rest of the world responds to us really aggressively. Um, paradoxically, if we're in a great mood, if we're in control, if we're at peace, the world will sort of respond to that as well. So we're high, high, um, high voltage. Is that the way I want to say that? Um, and then we are also like mirrors. So, and again, it's kind of our natural ability to shape shift. So if there's that instinct, if somebody is just being an asshole, you definitely want to be an asshole back to them. Um, if you don't want to be one, you're definitely mirroring that back to them, which will, if they see themselves reflected back from you, they think that energy is coming from you. Isn't that fascinating? So there's, there's many different varieties of ways and reasons people are responding to you. You know, do you have a mirror up? Are you reflecting their bad behavior? Therefore, when they get a glimpse at themselves, they think that's coming from you and rather it's just reflecting from you back to them. Isn't that fascinating? So I just want to invite you to think be more aware in the moment. Is this coming from me or is this coming from them? Are they responding to me or are they responding to themselves? And you, those are very different ways to take responsibility. If you are reflecting back to them, then whatever they respond to you from is their problem, is their fault, it's their problem, it's their whatever. If they're responding to your energy you know, maybe it's time you need to meditate. Maybe it's time you need to ground. Maybe it's time you got to work with some forgiveness energy so that you can get a hold of your own high, <laughs> excuse me, high voltage energy. Um, so that your environment and your interaction with other people and maybe other sensitives, um, other sensitives, like if, imagine if you're out in the world and it's another, a fellow psychic that is responding to you. I mean, that's high, high, high voltage. That's big consequence stuff. Um, sometimes before I do my, um, now we do zoom meetings cause we can't see each other. But when I do my group work, um, some of my students will do dousing and get their energy cleaned up before they see us, <laughs> which I just think is super kind and very good etiquette, very good psychic etiquette to get their energy all cleaned up so that the fellow psychics don't have to deal with their shit. <laughs> um, but I, I, what I love about the psychics that do that is they're aware that other psychics are going to see their crap and um, in this particular group, all things are welcome because there's a vulnerability and an honesty in this particular group. But you can imagine if we don't really know each other and, um, how polite it would be to be in a space of balanced and purity and being grounded for the sake of fellow psychics. That's a really beautiful thing. So number five, okay. Our last reason You have a natural high judge archetype. 
So you assume others do too. Okay. I said that really slowly because it seems like a really abstract concept. Um, but I, I tend to see, I think, I think if through my research, it would be at least an 80%, um, an, you know, 80% of highly sensitive born people have a high judge archetype. Um, so any sort of archetype information, the person I would re, ha, um, send you to if you want more information about that would be Carolyn, Caroline Mace, M-Y-S-S. So if you can think about it, you are reading people naturally from the time you're teeny tiny. So of course, one of your strongest archetypes would be the judge. But unfortunately, in our culture, the judge can be shamed out of us when we're little kids, right? So let's just say in my situation, if you go to Catholic church and you're a tiny and you're languaging information that you see, but it, it, it is interpreted as you're judging people. Well, there's a commandment, thou shalt not judge. So maybe you're saying something and then you're immediately shamed or spanked or corrected for that. Your judge archetype sort of gets perverted and shut down and manifests in weird ways. So let's just say had my judge been celebrated and honored within me when I was little, then when I got older, I couldn't judge people very well. If someone was dangerous, I would go towards them, not away from them. Um, cause again, that energy, that, that energetic archetype, the judge would have helped me label energy and respect it and move on. So, um, you know, the shaming would look something like even when I was probably early twenties, maybe late teens. Oh, I was probably only like 19. Um, my brother had got a girlfriend. I just did not like to the core. And up until that point, I was pretty indifferent with people that he dated, but this one particular gal, everybody liked her and I did not like her. And so I had lunch with them once and my dad could read me and he goes, uh, Oh, what do you got a chip on your shoulder? So there was always this like making fun of and shaming. And of course not much longer after that lunch, she cheated on him. So <laughs> that's what I was reading in her. That's the potential I knew she had with, I don't care how charming she acted in the moment. That's the potential I saw within her and I was psychic. So um, that's just those little things like, oh, well, you, you got a chip on your shoulder or, you know, there's always these little ways where people made fun of us or, um, made us feel like the asshole for not agreeing with something that they thought was true. Okay. So I had to teach myself to label energy. So if I saw this, I saw that I would teach myself to put a label on it so I could actually get a grip with what I was seeing, what I was reading, and then respect that. So I encourage my fellow psychics, my students to label energy, which can kind of look like being judgmental. Okay. So 
Being so psychic and seeing so much requires you discernment and discernment comes through that judge archetype. So I want you to just finally embrace this part of you. Now let's acknowledge that the, the judge in our culture is primarily acknowledged through pettiness. Like, I don't like your hair. I don't like your clothes. You're too loud. You're too quiet. You're too fat. You're too thin. Let's be honest. That's the way the judge really has its way in our culture. But that is not what we're talking about. We are talking about, because you have the burden of being so psychically sensitive, um, your savior, if you will. One of the things that can help you get a grip on and understand that sensitivity is through your judge archetype. So you need to, not you need to, that came across like really, the guides are just like really pushing on me. What we need to do is really label that which we see and respect it from that point of view. So if somebody, excuse me, excuse me. If somebody is acting out of control, if somebody is acting aggressive, if somebody is really sad, we label that which we see and then we, we interact from it from that point of view. Does that make sense? Um, now we do have this sort of perverted judge in our culture. You know, I don't like your hair. I don't like what I just said, right? All those things. So that is different from what we, we need to do as psychics. We need to language energy as we see it. So we take it seriously, but we are not labeling superficial crap that who cares, who cares about any of that stuff. So we're trying to heal the judge in our, our culture where we're judging things accurately deeply, authentically, rather than this sort of superficial nonsense. Okay. Does that make sense? So, um, when we understand that we, when we go on out into the world as a sensitive and with the depth from which we see things, we will judge, we must, we must label things and we're healing the judge within our society away from superficial crap to things that really matter. And so when we're afraid that somebody will judge us um, superficially, we have to make peace with that. Who cares if people think you're too loud or you're too fat or you're too thin or you're too short? Who cares? We have to um, confront the judge in our culture that is a false judge. It judges that which does not matter. And we want to heal the judge in our culture through healing the judge within ourselves and saying what we see concisely, precisely, deeply. And that is the only way that we'll get rid of the sort of fear mongering judge that we all live with, you know, the size of your body, this, you know, I could go on, but you guys totally understand what I'm saying. So those are the five reasons you should know you're a psychic medium. And that's it for this week's podcast. And as always, um, if you're interested in which Claire is the strongest Claire in you, go to my website at katesaintclair.com and take my quiz, which Claire are you? And as always, um, shoot me a little note. Let me know what you got because I, I always love seeing that from you guys. Um, so that's it. And I'll talk to you next week. And in the meantime, remember, it's your birthright to be guided and be great.